Hi, and welcome to Faculty Focus, a podcast supporting the clinical education community in Leicester. We bring you Educator CPD, showcase new initiatives, and shine a light on some of the faculty behind it all. Great. Okay. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to one of the uh, Faculty Focus podcasts. Uh, today, we're going to be interviewing uh, Ms. Monica Kaushik, who's one of the consultant breast surgeons we've got at UHL, and um, she also has been running the widening participation program alongside her clinical tutor role with the Department of Education. Um, we actually tried to catch you at the Education Showcase Day, um, which we held tail end of last year, but unfortunately we ran out of time. So um, I thought we'd get you back for a very special um, interview just 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 on your own. Um, and just trying to explore a little bit about what widening participation is and um, you know how it how it's been how it's developed and where we're up to now. So. Perhaps you could start with um, sort of telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Andy. Uh, so um, as you introduced, uh, I am a surgeon, breast surgeon working at UHL um, and have been in education since I started my consultant's post. Um, and initially, we, there were some projects that I was working with uh, UHL in education. But the widening participation uh, project just came uh, as a casual thing. So we met with the the university and our um, director for medical education, Mr. McCarthy, uh, introduced me to the university team at University of Leicester, uh, where they wanted some support from UHL uh, to get us involved in their widening participation projects and how we can evolve together. Uh, so the first project started with them, and then since then, I've led on developing this further within UHL. Uh, right. So um, probably just one thing I, I should have done at the beginning was to clarify what widening participation is. So um, perhaps uh, it's very it's sort of a term we use quite a lot, but obviously um, it can be quite new for some people. So yeah, w- what is it? What's it about? Yeah, so it's quite a loose term, actually. And a lot of people, uh, even myself, I did not really... Uh, understand it fully till I started reading about it. Um, so basically, widening participation, it's actually a government initiative uh, offering opportunities to groups of people, uh, mainly students, uh, who are underrepresented in education, in higher education. So it doesn't have to be in medicine. It can be in any higher education Um uh, So there are certain criteria from the government point of view and who could be in the widening participation uh, group. So uh, some of the criteria are that the student uh, will be the first in the family to consider higher education. So none of the parents uh, have been uh, have had higher education. Uh, they should be from lower socioeconomic groups. Um, and, and there are certain, uh, as we all know, there are certain postcodes and, and uh, criteria uh, where uh, which is specified what are the areas with social low socioeconomic groups the uh, attending schools uh, will have a low progression into higher education so again these are national data that is available uh, and also gender so um, we know for sure in medicine uh, the male gender is slightly underrepresented compared to the females so these are some of the criterias um, that the government has laid for widening participation uh, right, um, and I think um, I think probably everyone realised, you know, if you enter into higher education at university, you know, whatever degree it is, usually um, it's overrepresented by those who 
have had varying degrees of privilege or advantage during their lives. So, um, so this is really about trying to expand that pool of people that you bring into the profession. Um, is that why is that um, why is that deemed to be something that government and society want to do? What, is there any sort of thing behind that reasoning? Yes, especially in medicine, uh, if we support widening. Um, participation in medicine, we are also ensuring that uh, the NHS is uh, reflective of understanding the needs of the patients in the future. So um, there have been various studies and there was a recent study, uh, there is data collected nationally about this. Uh, and there is a recent study which found that trainees, medical trainees who came from families from widening participation where no parents were educated to a degree level, uh, they were more likely to choose uh, general practice in comparison to other specialties. Now, this is an important finding because we know that the NHS needs more GPs. So hence, if, if we had people from that kind of a background, they understand the normal, the general need of the public, which is important in how we deliver medicine. Yeah. So it's basically having a workforce that represents the population as a whole. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a very admirable aim, really. Um, so when you talk about um, going out to schools, um, how do you, or how does the program select which schools to advertise to, or is it is it something you just kind of put out to all the, you know, all the trusts that are out there that are delivering primary and second, uh, sorry, secondary education? How do you select? approach so there is data of schools available uh, with the university and later on when we moved on from the university to the llr team within uhl so uh, initially uh, this data was uh, the schools were approached via the university of Le leicester uh, and and there are uh, we approached about 31 to 35 schools so the initially the project started with the university approaching these schools and it was just i remember it was just during uh, covid times or the covid uh, we were still not uh, doing conducting uh, sort of seminars face to face. So we decided to do a webinar, the first of its kind in 2022. Um, and the, um, the staff in the university who were aware of these schools, uh, due to the criteria that we know, approached these schools and we did a webinar um, wherein we just did a couple of uh, talks with our uh, clinical fellows and and our colleagues to discuss with these uh, school students about what medicine is and just our experience and how we entered into medicine. So we started okay. off with that. And then eventually, uh, that was a one-off webinar that we did with the University of Leicester, but we came away and we thought, how do we progress from there? And uh, the the thing was, we were giving the, the students a carrot to say this is a fantastic career opportunity um, and we informed everything about them. But we were feeling a bit uncomfortable saying we've actually enthused them with all of this. We have instilled confidence to progress to careers in medicine. But how? where will these students go and how would they progress and how would they uh, go forward to say, OK, yes, I want to do medicine, but how can they be supported? Now, I know in in from public schools that they are very well supported however the state schools aren't so uh, so we decided to uh, develop this widening participation 
project and within the education team and we thought of uh, progressing the interested students by regular webinar and seminar series. Oh, I see. So it's, it's predominantly, I guess, necessarily it went to an online sort of platform. Um, if, if, is there a, a sort of a face-to-face -face element of this or will there, do you think there will be in the future? There is definitely a face-to-face -face element. So the first webinar was in 2022, where we, which was uh, the students loved it. We got very good feedback. Uh, then following on from that, what happened was that we were contacted by the LLR team, which uh, their offices are based in UHL. Uh, and this team had experience in doing the same sort of projects in allied services in medicine. So we took their help. Uh, so we contacted schools again. And at, at this point, in, by last year, in 2023, end of 2022, we were able to do face-to-face -face, uh, meetings. So what we did was uh, we thought of, instead of webinar and still being dissociated with the students, we thought of let's, let us get them into the environment that we are working so they understand how we work. So we actually developed a seminar or a project where we contacted about 31 schools uh, with, with the widening participation criteria. Quite a few of the schools came back to us and there was a waiting list. So we decided to go with eight schools initially and we asked the teachers to choose 20 students from year nine to year 11. And they came for a day for a bit, we divided them into one and a half to two hours. And we had about five stations where they had hands-on practice with clinical and surgical skills. So we got our, uh, our trainees and our education fellows to, uh, to basically man a, a, a station where they would give on hands-on practice like laparoscopic skills um, and simulated training with basic basic life support skills, radiology, um, and and just basic vital signs monitoring, those sort of things, took them around the hospital a bit to show what the environment is like. And also we had a station from the University of Leicester where they could answer questions regarding finance and things like that, how they could apply to medicine. So this was the first of its seminar that we did in the beginning of last year. And then we asked the teachers to uh, give us a feedback. So the teachers gave us a feedback, the students gave us a feedback, which was very good feedback. And then the students, what was important was that there were students who gave us good feedback to say that they were not aware that they could actually go into medicine. And then they were invited to follow on from that seminar to a webinar series where we talked more about more formal way of talking about what they need to do, what kind of subjects they need to choose at their GCSC levels and what kind of grades they need and how they can be supported if they want to go into medicine. So we completed our first webinar in December last year and we are due to again progress from that webinar, the students who want to continue again to be mentored as a part two of the webinar, which would be in March, uh, where we would do a more informal one-to-one -one question answer series and just talk about how they can develop their uh, uh, CV and how they can develop their personal statements.
Gosh, it's a it's a pretty comprehensive program then. So straight from all the way from just enthusing people and showing them that it is possible all the way through to as you said people from the university talking about finances cv subjects academic ability so it feels like you it's almost like a whole package of support there for those people who may not have previously thought about doing medicine at all um and i think certainly when i was coming through thinking about medicine there were i mean you'd pay hundreds of pounds there's courses, you know, weekend residential courses to go on and get this sort of stuff. But this is something that you're really now bringing to, as you say, all these um, groups of people who are disadvantaged, who don't have access to those you know, really expensive courses that you could go off and do. So that's a, sounds like a phenomenal amount of work, but obviously um, having some impact there and getting some, you know, young people interested in medicine. Do, do you know if there's any, um, in the long term, is it sort of an idea of having a look and seeing whether those individuals do then go on to do medicine? I suppose it's quite early days yet. Is, is that right? Yes. So yeah. So this whole project has developed as we've gone along, and uh, we have learned a lot from each of the uh, seminars. We do intense meetings every week, so we have a group of people. We have also this time involved medical students. Because as you know, as we get more and more senior in our practice, we sort of lose uh, the, uh, the you know, basically the criteria is what students need to join into medicine. So we started uh, contacting our first year and second year medical students to get involved in the project so they can get kind of also experience about leadership, teamwork and also get improve their CV as well. So we've got a quite a good group of students who started on with us and they are uh, now really passionate about this project. Um, so I think it has developed and we have learned ourselves how we move on. And yes, we have got like a folder where, where we place all the data. We have to be very cautious about GDPR regulations. Obviously, the students that are there are uh, are not adults so uh, the main most of the data is with the teachers uh, and we ask the teachers to anonymously give us the data um, and the aim is that once the first year of the cycle gets completed uh, then we will know from the teachers how many students have gone on for higher education in medicine and and hopefully that that will show us whether the program has been a success or not Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, that'll be really, really nice to know that, you know, there'll be people potentially coming through Leicester Medical School who, who've been part of your um, widening participation program. That'll be quite really satisfying, I'm sure. Um, if there's anyone sort of listening to this um, and, and they're interested in potentially getting involved or helping helping on these uh, seminars and, and um, face-to-face days, is there any, how, how would they go about that? Do they need any particular training or they just you or is there someone at the university that should email or we... uh no they don't need any training we do need uh, enthusiastic participants um and uh i mean obviously students will uh, go to their pro- next year and then want will obviously be get more and more busy so we are recruiting more and more people so yeah if they can email me and and then i can contact them whenever when we do our next webinar and seminars so we do two seminars a year and three webinars a year. That is what we have planned to do. And after a year of um, of following up the students, we sort of discharge them. 
they can always contact us if they do need any help or advice. Um, so yes, uh, the easiest way would be to email me. Okay, great. Well, we'll stick your um, email into our show notes so that people can um, can get that if they're, if they're interested. Um, some of our other listeners are probably potentially senior clinicians. Um, and one of the questions that often comes through, certainly I get asked, is um, that they, they know somebody, maybe a friend's um, son or daughter who is considering a career in medicine and they'd really like some work experience. So um, I take it that's not something that this program deals with. Do you know if there's any um, particular setter within UHL that, you know, interested um, friends of the family who might be thinking about career in medicine? Can they get work experience or we don't we don't have that? So, uh, yeah, we, we do have that, but uh, that was the precise reason actually that instigated us to do this project because we thought that uh, a lot of uh, work experience students were coming through friends and family who are already doing medicine. Um, and it's, it wasn't to discourage that, but it was to encourage people who don't have access to this uh, from the widening participation groups. So, uh, no, we don't... Uh, well. We certainly, as a team, uh, don't take referrals for that, uh, but UHL still supports that. So uh, the best way to do that would be to go to your colleagues or, or write to this uh, to the specialty that the student wants to have a work experience in, and the said uh, consultant can then contact uh, the human resources and and start their application. Uh, from the widening participation point of view, no, we don't have any. We we don't do that. Right. Yeah. Okay. And and I think it's um, it used to be quite a common thing. I think it's obviously it died down over COVID because of all the risks with infection prevention. But um, but there should be various disclaimers and forms that need filling in at, at, from an HR point of view if you were to bring um, uh, school students in to to do any observations. So. So yes, do make contact with your HR leads um, if, if you have people asking about that. Great. Okay. Well, the other thing that occurred to me was to record this podcast. Uh, perhaps it's a better time of year because as it happens, there are lots of interviews at the medical school this time of year. They um, they sort of kick off in um, late November, December and run through till I think February or March. So um, that's the other thing I think is worth mentioning here is that they're always looking for people to take part in the interviews for um, applicants to medical school. So well, we can also put the link in for the contact at the medical school if you are interested in helping out interview for the medical school um, because they're, they're very busy at this time of year. Um, but uh, I think that I think that was it. Unless there was some other points you wanted to put across, Monica, is there any other uh, important things you think we've missed about your programme? No, I think we've covered most everything about it. It's it's quite an extensive program, and I would really appreciate people if they want to help with it. Uh, one important message I would say is we are ne not nearly there yet, but eventually we will have our uh, students coming up to us to request for work experience, and then I will need to approach my colleagues to see who would be interested in hosting them for work experience for a week or a couple of weeks. So if anyone is interested, if I could have their names and then I can approach them and have, I can have a bank of uh, people interested and I can approach them when, when the students are ready for this. Excellent. Yes. Yes, indeed. So that's, yeah, it's already useful to sort of think about next steps um, after you've enthused people to, to follow, follow their dreams. 
Um, good. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Monica, for giving us your time. Um, we'll put all the relevant information and contacts into the show notes. Um, but for now, um, we'll say goodbye, and then maybe we'll have you on in the future to give us an update and see how many of your students end up uh, on a medical degree somewhere in the country. But uh, thank you very much for joining. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Faculty Focus podcast. If you like the episode, please share with friends and colleagues. You can also like and subscribe to the show and perhaps even leave a review. Clinical education can be tough, but we're stronger as a community. So if you have an idea for an episode or would like to come on and talk to us, do get in touch via email or Twitter. Details in the show notes. The Faculty Focus podcast. Community Development Showcase.